1: You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. The following podcast contains explicit language. Did you notice Mary was wearing heels today? I did. Very fancy. That's not going to last long. No, she'll be wearing pajamas
0: soon enough. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles, and with me is my high school friend and writing
1: partner of 17 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft, also a TV writer and producer. On this podcast, we talk about what it's like to be writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
0: Today, we're going behind the curtain of podcasting and talking to Kristen Meinzer, a podcast pioneer and the co-host of one of our favorite podcasts, By the Book.
1: We're also going to introduce you all to our new assistant, Mary Merkins, and hear what makes her happier in Hollywood. And heads up to everyone, Sarah and I are both a little sick today. So if our voices are scratchy, (laughs) um, you know, particularly throaty, that's why. Okay, Sarah, but before we talk to Kristen, we wanted to play a voicemail from one of our listeners, Heather. Um, This goes all the way back to episode one when our Hollywood hack was to say fuck in a meeting, if you're a woman especially. Yes.
2: Hi, my name's Heather. I'm a family medicine physician. I've been going on a bunch of job interviews for residencies, and I wanted to thank you so much for your advice in the podcast to curse during a job interview. That is definitely not something that I've ever done before, and I thought as a polite, non-assuming white girl who almost has a little trouble standing out, that was actually a very positive aspect of the job interview, especially if I used it in conjunction with um, sort of a passionate a passionate statement about what I would want to change about our healthcare care system. Um, I think it made me come off as more assertive, more relaxed, more genuine. And the places where it did have a negative response, I thought they were a little uptight and not a place that I necessarily wanted to work. So thanks so much.
0: Yay. I yes. love that voicemail.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to know that it's true for doctors also, yeah. not just, you know, writers. I love that
0: she pointed out that it's sort of self-selects. If you feel like people are uncomfortable with that, maybe it's not the best place for you.
1: Yeah. And I also like the context for the cursing that yeah. it's more effective when she's using it um, to talk about something she's passionate about. So it's not like, oh, fuck the people in the parking garage. They were rude <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Which yeah. makes you sound negative and aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, my God, I fucking love free clinics. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry. I don't know why that was funny. (laughs)
0: Yes, it's a very analytical approach. Yes. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Heather. Okay, it's time for the segment from the treadmill desk sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches this week. And what's most pressing is the topic of podcasting, one of our passions. And someone who knows a ton about podcasting and has been in podcasting for almost a decade is our colleague, Kristen Meinzer. So she's going to join us today.
0: Kristen is co-host of Panoply's By the Book, along with comedian and Moth Story Slam winner Jolenta Greenberg. By the Book is a reality show in audio form where Jolenta and Kristen live religiously by a different self-help book in each episode. When she's not hosting, Kristen's producing shows for Panoply, most notably Happier with Gretchen Rubin, and serving as Panoply's director of nonfiction programming. Before Panoply, Kristen was culture producer for PRIWNYC's daily national radio show The Takeaway and co-hosted its weekly spinoff podcast, Movie Date. She also served as the launch producer of The Sporkful Podcast and was a regular cultural commentator on Soundcheck, The Brian Lehrer Show, and the New York broadcast of All Things Considered and
2: Morning Edition. Kristen knows her stuff. Yes. Hi, Kristen. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to talk with you guys. I'm such a fan of your show. And Liz, even though you and I talk every week, it's just like, Sarah Fain. oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I'm excited to talk to you. I love listening to your podcast by the book. It's hilarious and and
1: enlightening. Thank you so much, guys. So, Kristen, I mean, podcasting is like the leading edge of entertainment. I mean, tons of podcasts are being bought for TV shows. They're getting more and more popular. Like every day I feel like the listenership is going up. And so many people, including a lot of our listeners, are interested in starting their own podcasts. So we just thought, let's talk about
2: that and you know so much about it. Yeah, and I have to say, you guys are such pros. I almost feel like you could have this talk without me. But <laughs> I have I have been doing this for almost ten years, and I'm such a cheerleader for podcasting. I think that it's one of the uh, ways out there for women's voices to be in the world, and that's something I'm very passionate about. Yes. I think that film, as you guys know from working in the film industry, and uh, radio traditionally just don't put women front and center. And I think podcasting gives women a space and a place to do that. So that's one of the reasons I'm such a huge cheerleader for podcasting in general and for shows like yours in particular. So one thing I always say about podcasts is, if you can, have a woman host. Mm. So part of that's my passion for women talking, but partly it's because over 70% of podcasts do not include a woman's voice. And so listeners' ears perk up when they hear a woman's voice. And that alone can help your listenership just because it sounds like something different to the listeners. So that's always my first tip. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And tip number two is think of this like you might think of your college senior thesis. So by that I mean can you be excited about whatever you're going to talk about for every day of every week for at least a year straight? If you cannot be excited about your topic for that long, then don't do it.
0: Mm, and good.
2: a sad truth is that the average length of any podcast is six episodes. If you oh. look in the iTunes world or anywhere else, you'll see the vast majority of people give up after six episodes because they didn't realize the time commitment. Mm. They didn't realize how they'd have to be organized and treat it like a job. And they did not realize they'd have to stay passionate about their subject beyond that moment. They thought, oh, this seems cool. My friend and I are good at talking to each other. We're both funny. But it needs to be more than my friend and I are funny. You need to think about what you're going to talk about and be excited about that in the same way you would about a senior thesis for at least a year.
1: And I think you need to um, think about the structure of your show. Like I find I'm,
2: I'm much more
1: like I love and buy the book that I know, Okay, there's a little intro. Then they talk about week one. Then they come back and talk about week two, and then they have a wrap up. And I like that I know that structure. And it's just if I just listen to a podcast of just people talking aimlessly, it just completely turns me off. Even if they're people I find interesting, like even in Mark Maron's podcast, a lot of times I can't get to the interview because I don't want to just listen to him monologue for ten minutes.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that structure is so important. It's not just good enough that you're an interesting person or you and your friends are interesting people. Having a structure gives listeners some sense of navigation, if that makes sense. It gives them a sense of geography. They know the lay of the land. They know the blueprint for the show. And that gives you as a host a chance not only to follow map so that you, the host, can follow a map, but the listener can follow the map. Mm -hmm. And then if you choose to go off the path, that's a fun surprise for the listener who always knows what the structure of the show is. So absolutely, I'm all about having different acts in your show or different sections, however you want to put it.
0: And then, Kristen, we have strong feelings about the length that podcasts should be. We feel like they should be sort of 30 to 40 minutes, like kind of that general commute drive time. What's your feeling on the length of podcasts?
2: The most successful podcasts are 20 to 40 minutes, and that's because Mm. it's the length of time for your commute, Mm -hmm. your time at the gym, or your time getting ready for work in the morning. The podcasts that tend to go longer... They can be successful, too, and they can find their audiences, but it's a little bit of a harder sell. So I'm 100% on board for 20 to 40 minutes. And, um, of course, there are also shows that I love that are very short. You think about shows like Side Hustle School. Yes. Each yes. episode is just a few minutes, but you can binge those all at once. So for me, when I listen to Side Hustle School, I'll just choose one day a week and then just listen to all of them back to back. And then that takes about a half hour.
0: Kristen, I want to go back 10 years ago, um, (laughs) because, like, 10 years ago... Don't we all. (laughs) I know, right? This is before (laughs) Serial. Yeah. Like, I had never heard of a podcast 10 years ago, and you were starting to work in podcasts. Like, how did that happen? And, like, talk about, like, the crazy growth you must have seen.
2: Oh, yeah. Well... I have to say my first time actually really thinking about podcasts was many years ago. A boyfriend I had said, you should be hosting a podcast. I can set up a feed for you and so on. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. But it did definitely plant a seed in my head where I was thinking about it. And then a year or so after that, I started working at WNYC, and the show that I was working on, The Takeaway, was trying to come up with additional digital content to Uh supplement the show and to bring in younger audiences who would find us via Facebook, Twitter, online, and through podcasting. And so uh, my friend, for Guzman, who's a film critic for Newsday, said, hey, what if we host a podcast together, Kristen, and have it as a spinoff of The Takeaway? And so we started hosting a show called Movie Date, where we reviewed films, we interviewed celebrities, and then we also had this thing called movie therapy in every episode where people would write in with their life problems and we would prescribe movies to help them through those times. Oh, that's hilarious. It was a really fun show and we did it for over five and a half years and it was one of the great joys of my life until I started my current podcast with Jolenta, which is just one of the great joys of my life. I just love my current show so much.
0: Well, and now there are all these apps where you can, you know, download your podcast. Where did people find that? You know, there was no Apple Podcasts,
2: was there? You know, it's so funny. Back in the early days of podcasting, I used to just go to a website. Like, you guys Uh have your Happier in Hollywood website. And I would just navigate to the website and I would hit the play button. You know, I would go to this American Life's website and I would just hit play. Or I would go to whatever show's website and I would just hit the play button on the website. That's how I used to listen early on. So that tells you how much the world's changed in the last decade. Well, Kristen,
1: what's interesting to me about your story is it goes to something we talk about a lot, which is like you want to prepare yourself for opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's like by having thought about podcasting, by having done segments on um, public radio,
2: you were ready when the opportunity arose to do that movie date. It's like you were ready to spring. I was, and I have to say initially, though, I didn't have a ton of confidence in my own voice or that people would want to hear it. And mm. I know that I don't sound like a traditional radio person. People have pointed out many times to me that I have an accent. I don't know if you guys can hear, but I'm. some people say my Minnesota accent is very strong. And not everybody's used to that. And I love I a good thought, Minnesota
0: accent, I have to oh, say.
2: Oh, but you have a special <laughs> Minnesota connection. Yeah, I do, You have those yes. cabins and everything. <laughs> yes. But I think that, you know, I, I had some nervousness about it, but... Once I jumped into it, I loved it so much. I really did. And I think that anybody can learn the ropes. And nobody has to think, I have to sound like Ira Glass or I have to sound like Gretchen Woman. You don't have to. You can sound like yourself. And that's part of what makes podcasting so interesting and also so intimate. Nobody needs you to sound like you're gonna do a late night broadcast on NBC, you can just sound like yourself,
0: and you can edit. Like that's what I love about podcasting. It's
2: oh, I love. You editing, know, yeah. you can <laughs> you screw
0: up. It's okay. Yeah. You can just cut that and start over.
1: But I will say, for people out there who want to start podcasts, editing is important. Like, oh God, yes. Even though podcasts are more casual, um, you still want it to sound professional. Yeah. So, like my niece does a podcast, she edits it herself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a lot of programs that allow you to do that oh that's eliza starting at 16 yes thank you for the plug kristen (laughs) um now (laughs) before we let you go kristen i also want to talk about how people can grow an audience because i think one reason that maybe people only do six episodes is because they realize how hard it is to get downloads like podcasting you really do kind of have to fight for every listener but there are things that everyone can do to build that audience.
2: Yes. And I think one thing that you guys do so well and that we try to do also on Buy the Book is engage with your listeners. And we also ask the listeners to participate in the show. So on Buy the Book, for example, we. Between each full-length episode, we release what we call an epilogue or a mini-episode where it's really just a chance for listeners to talk back to us, to tell us which experiences they've had with which books we've followed, and where they can hear their own voices and feel validated. And they are valid. We love them. We'd be nothing without our listeners. So giving listeners a chance to be part of the show. And then also being very active on social media. And I don't just mean Facebook and Twitter. I mean Joining those online groups that can help you, like She Podcasts or the New York Times Podcast Club. And then also joining organizations that can help you. Um, There's an organization Mm -hmm. called AIR, and that's great for any independent audio artist who wants to get started in podcasting because they can give you tips and resources and so on. There are a lot of folks out there who can help you to get your voice out there, to get your podcast out there and give you tips on how to market it and reach your audience. So use all the resources. They're all out there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think one of the things that I love most about podcasts is how communities form around them. Like I know both for happier with Gretchen Rubin and happier in Hollywood. Like I feel like we have these distinct communities and people are talking to each other and we're talking to them. And it's like people who sort of share interests, find each other It's kind of this life-expanding thing. Yeah, that's what makes it fun. Yeah.
0: Really. It's like it's not just us sitting in this little box talking to each other. We talk to
1: each other too much (laughs) as it is. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. (laughs) Well, I love that, too. And I have to say the Happier in Hollywood Facebook community has actually been very comforting to me at different times. Oh, Um, good. (laughs) I don't know if you guys want to talk about politics on this show, but I will say a while back there was the Alabama election and there was a community of people on your page giving each other support during that election. And I kept checking back on it throughout the evening as the election returns were coming and it was such a place of community and comfort for me. And I I love that you guys in Hollywood making this podcast can make people around the whole country connect over something happening in Alabama. Uh-huh, yeah. it's so special. It really is special.
0: Yeah, I was checking in with that too all night long. Yes, it was me too. It was, <laughs> oh, good. It made me feel Less really good. It wasn't just me. Also. No. no, yeah. no. <laughs> So, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. We want to thank you for bringing women's voices to podcasting and beyond. Oh, no. Thank you, guys.
1: And everyone needs to listen to Buy the Book, hosted by Kristen and the comedian Jalenta Greenberg. It is funny. It's, sometimes it's sad. Sometimes
2: they argue. It's just delightful. Thank you so much, guys. And you guys just keep up the great work. You guys are heroes of mine as well. Thank you. And if you have questions about podcasting,
1: email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com or send us a voice memo. And Kristen,
2: tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Meinzer or at the Book Pod. And you can always just search out the By the Book Facebook community because we would just love to hear from all of you. Yeah, another great Facebook yes. community where I get lots of chuckles. <laughs>
0: Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was
1: so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. All right, Liz, it is time for our
0: segment from the Outer Office, where we check in with the occupant of our Outer Office, who is now our new assistant, Mary Merkins. Hey, Mary. Hi.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Happier in Hollywood. Thank you. Thank you. Which is now a big part of your life when it wasn't at all a part of your life like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're very happy to have you and we uh want to introduce you to our listeners. Okay. Is this
3: is this your podcast debut? It is, yeah. I actually um I used to intern at a radio station in high school, but that obviously was all live and not on the interweb. <laughs> so yeah. It's different. You mentioned
1: in high school you interned at a radio station. Tell us where you're from because it's it's kind of the opposite of Los Angeles.
3: Yes. Um, so I am from a very small town, Elba, Minnesota. It's uh, the southeastern part of Minnesota, population of 205. It might be a little Whoa. bit up from that now. Maybe wow. I have to say, the town <laughs> where our cabin is in Minnesota, it's like,
0: 300 or 400 people and it is tiny yeah 205 is really small
3: yeah super small i mean even for a small town though it has you know three bars and one church oh, okay <laughs> so, That's so there's a good still ratio. stuff going on yeah <laughs>
1: And then how did you get to L.A.? Because that seems like, uh, you know, a long way to go from 205 people to the thriving metropolis yeah. of Los Angeles. Um,
3: it's pretty crazy. I um, I went to college at UC Santa Barbara, mainly because I wanted to live an oceanside <laughs> beach lifestyle, and I knew, you know— college is the time to do that.
2: And uh, it was so
3: different than small town Minnesota. And then after that, I went to the American Film Institute. And that's how I found my way to Los Angeles. And I've always wanted to work in entertainment. So that in mind as well. So tell everyone what AFI is, because,
1: of course, we're familiar with it, but our listeners may not be.
3: Yeah, so it's a two-year conservatory program uh, focused on film. You can specialize, you know, in producing, screenwriting, editing, cinematography. And a lot of the time, you're not in the classroom. You are making short films. You're producing them. You're writing them. You're hiring a crew. You're working on other people's films. And it's just a lot of chaos in two years, but, you know— really worth it. And the amount you get done in that two years, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) I don't know how I did it. (laughs) We should
1: say AFI stands for American Film Institute, if anyone wants to look it up. And Mm -hmm. we'll link to it.
0: So we get a lot of questions about whether or not people should go to grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, For you... Would you recommend it to people? Do you think it's worth
3: the money? I would say it's worth it if you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, you're not going to grad school to get a career, especially in, if you're getting an MFA or an MBA. It's not about getting a job right afterwards. It's more about the connections you make and learning the applied technique. If you already know that, if you already have connections, maybe it isn't the right thing for you. But um, for me, it was. And I don't regret it one bit.
1: Okay. So you went to AFI, mm-hmm. you graduated. And then um, when we met you, you were an assistant at Paradigm, mm-hmm. a TV lit uh, assistant. Was that your job right after AFI?
3: It was. Yeah. I um, I started in the mailroom. Okay. which um, We've I-
1: talked about on this show. We've yeah. talked mm-hmm. about starting in the mailroom.
3: And it's, um, honestly, being in the mailroom was the best, you know, you (laughs) like, no stress. Uh I mean, you're busy, obviously, but, and you make this really good group of friends in the mailroom and you all kind of get desks at the same time. And I'd always wanted to get a TV lit desk. Um, Now, when
1: you got to stop you right there, when you say get a desk, what do you mean?
3: Uh, So you're in the mailroom, you know, you're walking around doing mail runs, but the goal afterwards is to become an assistant to an agent in a specific department. And my goal was to get onto a TV lit desk to work for a TV lit agent. Um, You know, some people might want to work for a talent agent or a motion picture lit agent who, you know, reps feature writers. And we all kind of get on that desk around the same time after a month or so.
0: Oh, you're only in the mailroom for like a month.
3: It it depends. But my mailroom class, I uh-huh. guess that's what you could call it. We all were out in about a month.
1: Wow. And then I know when you left that job, you said you went to the mailroom to find your replacement. Mm-hmm. So it's like the feeder.
3: Yes. Yes. So I went back to find a mailroom person for my replacement because, you know, they already know all the agents names and they kind of know what it's like to work at an agency. It's funny because we talk so
1: much, Sarah. I feel like we're constantly telling people work at an agency yeah. if you want to learn the business. And Mary's like, she's, she's living that.
0: Yes. And you're validating everything we say. Yes. Thank you very much, Mary. That. No problem. <laughs>
3: Please tell us, why did you want this job? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you two are great, amazing women. Thank (laughs) you. And um, I also really wanted to work for female writers. Um, Mm. My goal is to write for TV. And um, there are a lot of male writers out there and male showrunners. But I really wanted my next step to be to work for female writers. And not only one female writer, but two. So it shows You know, you can work with other women and support each other and make it through.
1: And hopefully we'll have a pilot for you to work on and learn from.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. Good Lord. Now,
0: um, so what do you want to get out of
3: this job? What's your ultimate goal? Yeah, well, I, I feel like working at the agency, I learned a lot about contracts and deals. And I knew about this season. I knew, oh, this is pilot season. This is staffing season. But working for you two, I'm actually seeing a pilot through the process being written and seeing, you know, if it'll go to production. And that's really what's in it for me. And obviously, as I mentioned, to be a writer for TV.
1: Yeah, I think seeing the notes process of any script, but a pilot in particular, is really interesting if you haven't seen it before, Mm -hmm. because... I think it just demystifies the process. Like, I think there's this whole thing of like, oh, development. What does that even mean? Like, when we moved here Mm -hmm. and heard the term development, I had no clue what that meant. All it really means is you're writing a script and people are giving you notes on it and you're trying to get it made. There's Um, some
0: head slamming against walls in the process. There's that. Of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All things Hollywood involve head slamming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Mary, obviously, the topic of our podcast is staying happier in Hollywood. And we want to ask you if you have a tip about how to stay happier in Hollywood.
3: Yeah, well, you know, going to the American Film Institute, I think I learned it's best to be supportive of one another instead of. Being extremely competitive and wanting to make the other person look bad, mm. um, it'll you'll just be happier and more efficient if you support your peers. I think that's
1: great advice because I do feel like people think Hollywood, is, well, as we say in our intro, it's a backbiting place, mm-hmm. but the opposite is also true. Yes. It can be a place where people are really generous and really help each other. So I think that is a really good thing to point out to people wanting to, you know, wanting a career. Yeah.
3: I've had moments where I've been jealous of someone, but turning it around and being like, wow, that's great for them. Maybe I'll be next, you know? And
1: I always say people succeed in groups. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the success of your peers really, to me, makes your success more likely, Mm -hmm. not less likely. I think some people feel, oh, if lightning strikes there, it's not going to strike here. But I actually think the opposite is true. I think... You know, because, again, it is a community thing and you help each other and it's connections and all of that. Mm -hmm. So you might as well wish for their success.
3: Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: Now, so we have noticed that we get a lot of questions that would be really better answered by a young up-and-comer like Mary than by us. So if you've got a question that you think Mary will have a great answer to, send it in. Just put Ask
3: Mary in the subject line. And
1: Mary, um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media.
3: Yeah. So on Instagram, my handle is Mary Merk Dog.
1: <laughs> Why don't you spell that?
3: Mary, M A R Y Merk Dog, M E R K D O G. Nice. <laughs>
1: Following you today. <laughs> Mary, thank you for being here. And you'll be, thank of course, uh, making appearances on the show. netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com slash hollywood and now it's time for this week's hollywood hack get professional stationery. Yes. sarah we have this we did this years ago was it uh, about six years ago maybe i think it might have been more but yeah it's lasted us a long time yeah Uh, Describe our stationery. You designed it, and it's very beautiful. Our stationery is very
0: nice. We will post a picture of it on our Instagrams. But um, it's lovely, thick, stock, cream paper. From Cranes, we should say, which is
1: very traditional stationery place.
0: Yes. And it has craft and then a little dot, fane in lowercase, and the F and the T, Uh, In your name and the F in my name are slightly taller.
1: It's just Mm -hmm. a very pretty font. And it's red embossed lettering, which just feels very luxurious. Yes.
0: And we don't use it often. No. But when we need it, it's so amazing to have it there.
1: Like the other day, we were sending a script to someone we really wanted to read it, an actress. Yeah. It was like, well, we want to send her a note, but... On what, you know, and yeah. it looked just much better to write the note on our professional stationery.
0: Exactly. Like we've talked about buck slips.
1: Yes. Um,
0: in the past, which is a kind of stationery that people use in LA all the time, but it's much more casual.
1: And this seemed like it was like the warmth of stationery, of personalized stationery, but the professional of having both our last names. Yes, exactly. Um, And it's just, so yeah, it's a kind of thing where it's just one more tool in your toolbox of professionalism and sort of taking it up a notch. Yeah. And it lasts a long time. I mean, if you're us, if you're someone who writes notes constantly, it won't obviously last as long.
0: Pick your moments, find your time to use that professional stationery so it does last a while.
1: Yeah. If anyone out there has professional stationery, by the way, I would love to see pictures of it. Uh, Hashtag happier in Hollywood. Put it on Instagram.
0: Okay, Liz, before we say goodbye, it's time for this week's celebrity sighting.
1: Yes, and um, I had a celebrity sighting. Um, I met Tony Hale, who's one of the stars of Veep, which is a hilarious show starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is on HBO. Um, at a party. I was at a party for the Other F Word podcast, which, you know, is one of my favorite podcasts. I was a guest on it a uh, uh-huh. few months ago. It's about all about failure, the F word being failure. And Tony had been a guest. So the podcast was hosting a one year anniversary party. And I went and he was there and I uh-huh. met him and he was absolutely lovely. Uh huh. He makes celebrities everywhere look good. Oh,
0: that's so nice to hear. I've loved him for ages, especially from Arrested Development. Oh, right. Of course. He's also from
1: Arrested Development. Hilarious. Um, He really is so funny, and he's so funny on that show. So um, let's treat everyone to a clip of Tony Hale on Veep. Your speech is garbage. Oh,
2: and you're supposed to give advice? Is that right? All I heard was dumb, stupid. I don't know what the fuck it was. Garbage?
1: And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast, give us a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps listeners find us.
0: And we always thank Kristen Meinzer, but today we're thanking her extra for coming on the show and talking with us. And thanks to our new assistant, Mary, for letting us put her in the hot seat. Thanks to our producer, Jennifer Lye. Also thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
1: Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz and Sarah is at S. Fane. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So are you eating honey right now?
0: I mean, when I'm sick, I'm eating honey. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Bizarrely,
1: I did something I never do yesterday, uh-huh. which is I bought like artisanal honey um, oh that someone was selling on the lot. Adam <laughs> put honey in your team one time I and know. it like changed your life. <laughs> yes. It's pear honey and it is fucking amazing. <laughs>